0: we
2: Welcome back to another episode of MPL. Uh, today we're going to talk about colorism uh, within our different backgrounds and within Canada and basically any experience we have about it or any thoughts we have about it. But before we get started, uh, we're joined by a wonderful guest today, and I'll let her introduce herself.
1: Hi, this is the first time I'm introducing myself on a podcast. <laughs> but my name is Ohhan Farah, and I live in Brampton, Ontario. Um, I went to Ryerson University for business and I am a lover of podcasts and I have a lot to say about colorism. So thank you for featuring me.
2: Awesome. So I think we'll start off by just um, sharing some of our individual experiences with colorism, whether that's we've directly experienced it or witnessed it. Um, If anyone would like to start, I think let's start from there and then we'll continue the conversation.
1: And honey, you look super excited. So, <laughs> <laughs> so um, growing up with colorism, I was really blind to it because I thought commenting on someone's skin color or like mentioning someone's gotten darker, for example, in the summer, people would be like, oh, you've gotten so dark, etc." I didn't see that as an issue because I was blind to it. But as I started growing like older and forming my own opinions, I started to realize that a lot of things and a lot of comments are rooted in colorism. And when I was growing up, like my immediate family, like nobody really commented on our skin color because all of us are all different shades of black and like no one was better than the other, etc. But if I would go to my extended family, they'd be like, oh, you've gotten so dark because of like the sun, like stay out of the sun, etc. And like, you'll get a hijab tan, etc. in the summer. And like, people would be like, oh my God, you've gotten so dark. And I didn't realize how much of an issue that was until... I started forming my own opinions and seeing so many things are rooted in colorism and and an industry that is like so focused on colorism is obviously like the makeup industry i didn't even know that people had such a hard time finding their shades as they got darker in like the shade wheel and i didn't know that until i started Coming onto the internet and seeing so much outrage on so many issues, and I think the internet has done a really good job of educating me on several issues. But growing up, I would have different comments on my skin color because I am darker than a lot of members in my family. And I started to grow up and actually start realizing. as like a year of realizing, <laughs> but um, growing up, I just felt that I my skin color was like the main topic of discussion. And as I grew older, I started to love my skin for who I am. No, I definitely, I think
2: when we're, I don't know what, within the South Asian community, there is this obsession with being fair. And I think a part of it is due to colonization. And I'm sure like, if you trace it back, like colorism stems from like a big part of it stems from there. But there's this really big obsession, whether it's, you know, just beauty standards or when you're looking for a girl for marriage or like whatever, it's, you want someone who's fair and the fairer you are, the prettier you are. So when you're young, like you hear comments like, oh, don't go play in the sun too much. You'll get darker. And the implication is then you won't be pretty. Um, And there's a billion dollar industry in South Asia. And I don't know about anywhere else, but I know in South Asia, there's a billion dollar industry for whitening creams. Um, and bleaching products and people consume them and they're the fastest growing industry because they're the thing that is most in demand. And all of that stems from this idea of colorism. And I think it's important to realize that it's not just people wanting to be fair, it's also that if you're not fair, fair um, you're treated worse in society you're not given the same respect as your counterpart who is on a lighter skin tone than you are. And that stems to so many different fields, whether that's again, like beauty or that's in actual job markets, that's for interviews, that's in academia, that's in everything. It stems so many different fields.
0: I, when you said, you know, when you have like lighter skin, like people treat you differently if you have, like, if you have a darker, like shade of your skin tone, I'm, so I'm Sudanese and my entire family, we literally have the entire shade range that you can think of. And so when I go to Sudan, there's always, I, so when I'm, when I'm here in Canada or in the States or wherever, it's, I don't get the comments as much. But it's when I go to Sudan, people are always like, oh, like, you're really white. So therefore, you're really pretty. And I'm just like, that's, that's not how you correlate things, though. And then my sister, who's a darker shade than I am, or like a much, she's, she's a much darker shade than I am, they would tell her, oh, you're so lucky because you got the right shade of tan. And I'm just like, but that doesn't make sense. There is no right shade. Your shade is just your shade. Mm -hmm. and so like it's just this weird like i have a story to tell this is an awful story to tell but i'm just gonna put it out there i we took a picture one time and i didn't like what i look like in the picture again when you look at yourself in a picture and you look and you're just like oh i don't like what i look like you're not thinking of your skin tone (laughs) you're just talking in general about what you look like and then i was just like oh i don't like this picture because it was getting shared in like extended family group chats and stuff like that it was like a group photo and i was like oh i don't like this picture and then someone was like oh it doesn't matter you're white so people are going to think you're pretty anyways and i was like that is so awful like that's what like now that i'm older obviously i know not to perpetuate these types of behaviors and i know when i raise my kids and my girls obviously i'm not gonna say these types of comments but when you're a young girl and if you have darker skin And you hear these comments what are you gonna think about yourself you know what i mean
1: i'm adding oh sorry no no go ahead Uh, just adding on to that um when i i'm from somalia so whenever i consume like any media from back home like on somali tv channels etc a lot of the people um who are women mostly are like their skin is like usually bleached. And I didn't know how much of a norm it was until I started consuming like Somali media. And I was very shocked to see that bleaching is like, as you said, a billion dollar industry. Like I didn't know like Fair and Lovely and other products are so heavily marketed in other countries until like I saw it on the internet. I was like shocked because I didn't know skin could be that important. When I think of skin, I think of like clear and healthy skin, not fair skin, not light skin. Mm -hmm. So it's really interesting.
2: Yeah, I remember. um, So within like, even South Asia, like, you know, within any race, like there's a spectrum of shades. And so like, there are certain areas of accent that are known as like having darker skinned people. And then there are certain areas and like, even without people will have preferences and this is so weird because i think sometimes people do it unconsciously but people have preferences for the areas where you find more fair toned people um as compared to like areas where there will be like a darker skinned population and it's baffling to me that this stems so deep that we just shun entire cities and areas being like oh no that's kind of like a." Um, that's like a dirty area or that's like, that's the connotation of it. Or like, Oh, you don't want to spend too much time there. Or I, I don't know. It's really, really baffling to me. And also I think when we're, I don't know about you guys, but I know when I was young, like it was, it's such a common thing to like have fair and lovely in your home, which is like one of the leading brands. Like even right now, I'm sure if I look around, I could find a bottle of fair and lovely in my home, even though none of us use it. Like it's probably there from a couple of years ago um and this pro- it's such a common product and if you try and criticize the what the project sets out to achieve then everyone's like no 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 it's that's just like a added benefit it's just for be- like people don't even want to admit what they're trying to achieve for it and fair and lovely recently um because of all the worldwide like protests for racism and everything they changed their name But the thing is, they changed their name from Fair and Lovely to, I think it's now called Glow and Lovely. It doesn't really make a difference. The problem is not the name, sis. The problem is not the name. Their product is still the same. The intention is still the same. Their ads are still, like all of their ads, if you ever watch an ad for Fair and Lovely, they show a girl who is darker skinned, washing her face with Fair and Lovely or like putting the Fair and Lovely cream seven days in a row. And then after that, she magically goes 10 shades lighter. And then they
0: bring, like, the seven days, a picture of her, in the seven exactly. days, and she's
1: progressively lighter. Just, it also makes no sense to me that they're still promoting the product. Like, as you said, it's still the same harmful, like, message behind the, the product. But I, I was very shocked to see that the outrage caused that to change the name. It's like, no, it's not the name. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it Yeah, so we're all recognizing that colorism starts at home. And I think it starts at a very, very young age. Like I can remember, I remember, so when I was born, I was much, much darker skin tone than I am right now. Um, and it was set in love. It wasn't like, no one said it to be harmful, but like the often joke that was, the joke that was often made was, oh, don't worry, we'll buy her truckload though, fair and lovely. <laughs> Like you know, we'll buy her truckloads truckload of fair and lovely, and they'll be all okay. Um, and I and I recognize that the people who made those jokes, they said it out of love. It wasn't meant meant to be like a derogatory thing. But the thing is, the root of it is all colorism. The root of it was sh- like she's not going to be accepted in society, or she's not going to be considered pretty if she stays the skin tone she is. So as I've grown up, like you know, your skin tone changes, like from when you're a baby to like. So, like, it has changed, but even then, I, like, within the Pakistani community, I'm considered in the middle. I'm not dark-skinned, but I'm also not light-skinned either, and even then, the constant comments are, you know, if you were a little bit lighter, you'd be even prettier, or you should try this face mask, like, you know, it's really helpful.
1: So, it starts
2: at a really, really young age.
1: Another thing is, uh, within the Black community, um, your hair is often policed as well so both color I think personally that colorism and the policing of black women's hair sometimes happen at the same time for example Mm -hmm. um, my hair is a lot thicker than my sister's hair and then my sister's hair is like so the texture is a lot different than my hair and it's like we're all from the same family but we are all different shades of black all different types of hair Um, and a lot of people have negative connotations uh, in relations to certain types of hair and et cetera. And it's often another thing that not only there are skin bleaching uh, being promoted, things like relaxers and other sort of uh, issues uh, within the Black community are so, sorry, I'm like my ideas are all over the place, but uh, typically those two go hand in hand. And I've, Realize that once I actually grew older as well, because when I was younger, I was a lot younger, I'll, a lot. <laughs> Why am I saying all of this? I was a lot uh, fairer than I was now. And then now that once certain relatives see me, they're like, wow, you've gone so dark. And it's because I was a kid. Obviously, there's so many different factors to how your skin gets darker, etc. But it was just a very eye-opening experience kind of seeing this throughout the course of my life.
0: And I think both of them, like, you know, policing African women's, like, hair texture and their skin tone, I think they both stem from the perpetuation of Western beauty standards and that it's always the straight, silky hair and the really white porcelain skin that's the one that's going to make the cut. Mm
1: -hmm.
2: And I find even when women of color are, or men of color, honestly, are portrayed on magazines and in television, it's mostly the fair, like the lighter skinned ones, um, like the majority of them, I'm not saying everyone, but like even in Pakistan, like when I look at Pakistani dramas and stuff, most of the people I see on screen are the light-skinned Pakistanis. It's rare that you'll see a, even a medium-toned, like, you know, a Pakistani girl or guy on screen. It's a little bit, I think, more acceptable for guys, but the standard exists for both genders. Um, and but within the Western, like, Realm. I remember, like even Zendaya. Like I forget which uh, cover it was, but I was looking at a magazine cover that she was on. And if you look at her Instagram pictures and then you look at the magazine cover, her skin tone is not the same on that magazine cover as it is on her, like in real life. And it happens to so many celebrities where they're just made, even if they're not whitewashed, they're just like made a shade lighter or two shades lighter. And that's on top of all the other, like you know beauty standards that are made and, like, editing that's done.
1: Quite literally, like, I was looking at before and after photoshopped, uh, art, like, just general covers, and I was seeing that even, like, people who are white, they're having, like, their skin, like, completely changed just to fit a norm or a standard, and I found it so shocking when it, when I was looking at the beauty industry, because currently, like, 40- shades of foundation is like something that all these different brands kind of work really hard for and then like just imagine like 10 years ago if i were to walk into like a like a shopper's drug mart or sephora like would i find a shade that matches me without mixing two shades because that's another issue that so many people have and i was quite shocked to see that a lot of these companies don't even count on like uh, black people to buy their products because they don't make these products for them they make it for a different audience So a question that I often get is
2: when talking about colorism, is is colorism a subset of racism or is it a different category? Like, can they be placed in the same category or are the two different categories? So I'd love to hear what both of you have to say on that.
1: I feel uh, both colorism is kind of, as you said, rooted in um, sort of, I could say it's rooted in racism. Obviously, there's two different issues. There are two different issues, but for someone to treat someone differently based on the color of their skin, like somebody can have like, oh, this person's like a dark skin and treat them a certain way. But because this person is white passing, that might belong to the same community as someone who is dark skin. They may treat them differently. And another thing that I also just recently learned about is just like the privilege of being white passing. Um, in certain industries and in certain, um, I was just uh, speaking about how uh, racism can be rooted in colorism, uh, simply because for someone to treat someone different, you have to have a bias present. Um, for example, as I said, if someone has like a dark skin from a certain community, uh, but you see a person who is white passing from the same community, one person may treat the person who's white passing different in comparison to the person who was dark skin and branching off from what I said earlier that if someone is white passing there's a set of privileges that come with it and their skin color may black it actually does play a huge role in that
0: how do you um myself and I press like a million other buttons I'm just gonna
2: say I thought you were gonna say something but then
0: <laughs> I'm really losing it out here I was just gonna say like I think I don't I, I, I would say the colorism is like a branch of racism. I wouldn't put them exactly in the same bucket, but I would, I, I would say like, it's kind of like a tree where racism is obviously comes from colonialism, all that great stuff. And then colorism roots out of racism. And, it's, and I think it's just really sad because it ends up, we use colorism to break up our own communities rather than being like hey this where we think like this because of colonialism and all these things that happened in the past and instead of trying to
1: overcome them we're just like you know what we'll just keep doing it it's whatever yeah like within our communities we have such a deep issue with colorism it's like there are so many other things that we could battle collectively as a community and i find it rather shocking that colorism is maybe mentioned in someone's life almost every day but you don't even notice it because you are so accustomed to a norm and that was something that i was when you guys just recently brought up colorism as like the podcast idea i was thinking like all these different situations in my life i didn't know that they were rooted in colonialism Mm -hmm. So
2: I think we all recognize or most people recognize that colorism is not okay, right? We all recognize that it's the bad thing and we shouldn't perpetuate it. But what happens is it unintentionally or unconsciously becomes a part of our daily routine and the things we do. So i just wanted, if we're all willing to share just some of the ways that it kind of has become a normal part of our routines and how we can how we see it um, affecting us just so people kind of just so we can share what does it actually look like so for example like I know um, I unconsciously for a long time used to choose hijab colors based on what um, hijab color would make me look fairer Um, because you know certain colors like make you look darker so I would avoid wearing those colors because I thought I would look I would be unacceptable if I wore those colors. Um, I know I have never done this, but I know also in if you go get your makeup done in Pakistan, like at a salon, like back home, they will use a foundation that is three shades lighter than your skin tone. Um, and it doesn't match. It does not match at all, but that's just the norm. And I remember I have seen like cousins and stuff, like get their makeup done and come back and be like, that's not your shade. But everyone loves it because that's what you're paying money to, like, get done. Um, so those are just, like, two small examples of, like, just picking lighter. And I've seen people do it here as well. Like, girls choose lighter shades of, um, like, foundation um, to pick colors that, like, kind of make you seem fairer. Um, yeah, so I just wanted to see if you guys had anything
1: to share. Um, during the summertime, I think that's when I'm the most conscious of colorism in general, because I tan so easily. Like, I could be outside for close to a couple of hours, and I'll come back home with the tan that people pay for. <laughs> and it's, like, really interesting to just see how many people will comment on, how oh, you've gotten darker, et cetera, et cetera. But I was having a conversation with my friend, Rupnit, because we were just talking about in the summertime, like, when we go out in the sun and we tan, we just think of like wow our skin is glowing but for people who aren't able to tan etc their constant battle is like i want to tan i want to tan i really want to go to the beach because i want to tan and it's like those same people who really want to tan may carry the stereotype of being like lighter is better or etc or getting darker is too bad like it's like how do you know what the right shade of dark is when you're tanning? And it's quite interesting to see what, how people tan to get something you were born with. But when you're born with the actual skin color, unfortunately, you're not praised the same way. When you go out and buy a tan, I've actually seen this, when people actually go out and tan in like a tanning salon or getting a spray tan, like people see their tan, like, wow, your tan is so nice. Like, this is an actual conversation that I had with my coworker. So she got a tan done. And her tan was like really nice. And I was like, wow, like I was thinking like, wow, like people are born with that skin color. Like it's just a perfect tan. It's just like a regular brown skin. But then when my my coworker who was commenting on her tan was like, wow, that's such a nice tan. Where'd you get it done? And I was just, like, thinking to myself, like, is this a normal conversation that people have? Do they, like, discuss their tans and where way to go get a tan? It's, like, people are born with this skin color, and people are not celebrating this skin color. And I just found, I find the whole issue of tanning so problematic. Like, whether it's someone who goes out to tan in their backyard, it's just, like, you're going out to tan, but someone's born with this skin color and you're not celebrating them or doing anything to make the world a safer space for them, but when you go out and buy a tan, like, buying a tan is just something that I will never understand at all.
0: (laughs) I remember one time, so I used to work at Tim Hortons, and um, a girl I used to work with me, we, so basically, in the summer, obviously, if you're someone who's, I think she was, she was mixed. I think her dad was like Filipino or something like that. And so she always used to tan really nicely in the summer. And so one of our coworkers went up and asked her and she's just like, where did you buy your tan from? And I was like, because she was just like, Oh, that's such a nice tan. But I'm just like, it's lo- When you say that you're low key insinuating that if it's not something you bought, then it's not nice. And so I'm just like,
1: That's what I was saying, like, tanning just is something that I'll never understand, because, like, I don't even have to try hard to tan, and I'm already Black, so, like, my tan just glows, and it's like, why doesn't anyone celebrate people who are born with the skin color that they are? And I think that the issue with being a certain skin color really kind of just is stemmed from just the different societal um, standards that are set in place. Um, and I think media plays a really big, like, portion in it. Mm. I didn't even know that, uh, swimsuit models, like, when they go out to do, like, different covers, because I was watching, like, a Sports Illustrated behind the scenes, uh, vid, like, they actually go through a certain tanning procedure, ensure that their tan is like waterproof and like stays and like is pictured very well and it's like so much to just get that perfect tan and it's like no one's ever going to be satisfied with their skin color so it's like just go out and live your life in your own skin (laughs) and just to add on to that it's
2: like they will pay they will hire i was just about to say that (laughs) to get a tan and like a waterproof tan and then model instead of just hiring women of that color like there's
1: women of color looking for jobs as models as well like that's what I'm saying, and it's also like um when you that when like media likes to incorporate all different skin or shade colors, it's like we'll just make them the sidekick like the best friend of the main character, and it's just like you can cast a person of color or a black person in a role like they don't have to be the sidekick or um, like the assistant or something. And it's like, they're never really giving the full uh, attention or giving the opportunities to people who um, are of this skin color. And I find it quite rare because it's not that hard to find Black or people of color in every industry, in every single industry. So I just find it so rare why they'll go out and buy <laughs> a skin color. And the thing is, even when people of color or
2: black people like we get our stories told they're only told from a specific point of view and it's often the colonizer's point of view and people get really mad at me when I say that or when they hear that but the thing is it's the truth you can't deny it it's it's from a white savior complex it's from (laughs) so the thing is even when our stories do get told they don't get told over a person going through, like, these human problems that are universal, we only get told from a perspective of, oh, they went through, like, slavery or, oh, they went through, like, um, poverty or like this. Like, it's only through very specific instances that, honestly, not even other people of color could relate to if they didn't go through it themselves. But you never have just a coming-of-age story about a person who is of color without
1: their skin color being a big part of it. It's just they are who they are. Like, also like hijabis in media it's like oh we have to take off our hijab and we took it off because we were forced to wear it it's like the same perpetuating the same stigma and the same stories like why are you even giving the hijabi the role if you're going to just completely strip her of her agency like it does not make sense to me whatsoever like media and like the stereotypes it perpetuates whole other conversation but it's just like very strange to me
2: so i want to ask do you think there are any subtle forms of uh, colorism that are often ignored that we talked about some examples of how like we can see it within society but also do you think there is i think colorism as a whole personally is something that is ignored um it's not something that people often think about but even within colorism of course there are certain things
1: that are Ignore even more. Um, I definitely think within, like, shopping, as you said before, the example of, like, wearing a hijab color that was, like, suits your skin tone, etc. cetera. Um, when you're shopping online, for example, and you see an item, oftentimes the model is, like, white. And in, when you're seeing, like, something that's, like, a yellow dress, for example, or a green dress or something, you want to see it on other skin tones, not just, like, white models. You obviously want to see how that would look like so that when you wear it, you want to just know how the color works on you, and I think it's like seeing that every single model that's like online is like a white person, it's like hard to relate to them for certain issues, like lipstick. Lipstick is something that I can never buy online, like I have to see it on a certain blogger, and if she doesn't review that lipstick, I simply cannot wear it, because it's like How do I know what it looks like on me? And it's like the makeup industry, shopping, so many issues. uh, So many industries don't even ask for um, the opinion on like different people's like shade. sorry, different skin tones. And I think they're missing out on a huge opportunity to incorporate so many voices. Like it's not including more people isn't going to hurt your business. It's going to in fact grow it. So I don't understand why they're slacking off so bad.
2: And I also think an important point to bring up is that when we talk about representation in media and makeup and all of these things, it's not representation just because we want to see it. It's because that, seeing it, normalizing, seeing people of color in society will, is what will eventually result in being treated equally Mm. if you don't even see something. On these things that on social media and on like um, TV that you consume so like daily, then how are you going to accept it when it happens in real life when you have a person of color sitting next to you? And how, like, how can you expect? I'm not saying that this is an excuse for people to use, but I do think that this is a factor that plays into it. Is for example, when you're a hiring manager, if you've never seen a person of color before, how can you treat them the same? when they come in for an interview with someone who is fair-skinned sitting next to them because you're used to one person whereas the other person you're still getting used to just the concept of them existing
1: that is that is not okay that is really funny because sometimes like when i'm in spaces i may be like the first like black hijab wearing woman they've seen and it's like this obsession literally goes into their head Mm -hmm. thinking that everything you do is in related in relation to your like culture or your no like your customs it's so funny just seeing how people aren't like Canada is diverse but when you really think about it like there are people who can go their whole life, as you mentioned, without seeing someone who's of a different ethnic background. And it comes to a point where, like, if you're eating something, you're like, oh, so is that something from your culture? Or, like, if you're just literally minding your business, they just assume everything is from your culture. And it's like, before we go, like, decolonizing other spaces, I think we need to start with – I know it's not our role, but I literally have to explain things from the get-go. I'm like, like, you don't have to make – everything about my culture or my skin color like I'm a regular human being just like you yeah oh my god this
0: just reminded me my sister worked at summer camp last year and we live in like a really tiny town like all the people of color know each other that's how small it is and so my sister was working at the summer camp and I think it was a girl she was just like nine or ten years old she walks up there and she's like why are you brown and she was like what do I tell you like I'm just brown And so, yeah, there's totally people out there that will literally never see a person of color in real life. But even in the media, they won't see a person of color. So they're just always going to be
1: in this, like, gray area. I didn't know how much of an issue it was until I started entering, like, different places. Mm -hmm. Like, people were out here guessing my ethnicity wrong. It was just, like, and like it was just really strange but it's also a good opportunity to kind of change one's perspective again it's not your role to educate people on things google is free as people say but i find it rather strange that people just aren't really familiar with so many different cultures in the world if i see something or someone of a different culture sometimes i don't even ask them i straight up google it so i can feel because i know what it feels like to be uh, constantly questioned about your customs and cetera. it's just so mm-hmm. strange to me like this whole podcast is just me saying that I've realized things
2: <laughs> <laughs> no I think this is like a really good point so the thing is when someone is exhibiting this behavior is exhibiting colorism then how can we as individuals and also as a society what can we do to correct it How can we move forward
1: and try and eliminate
2: this from
1: our future? I think when you see someone who's acting towards a certain ethnic group or like a certain person or etc. Even if you don't identify being from the same culture, I usually take the opportunity to tell, to make the person understand that if you don't get someone's way of life or their lived experiences, you shouldn't comment on it you should do your research, number one. And I think people oftentimes stick their nose or their opinions in spaces they don't need to be in. And I think that um, when you're trying to validate people of color and black people on their experiences, sometimes all you should do is listen. Like sometimes you don't even have to go out of your way and comment on something because it just further, sometimes people are further um, exhibiting, like further, how do I say this, Uh, perpetuating this stigma and these stereotypes even more, like they're not even helping address the issue. And I've seen it with like, the Black Lives Matter issue. And I've seen so much performative activism surrounding that. And I think when you want to tackle issues like colorism and racism, um, just correcting those around you is sometimes where it starts, because you never know how far that might go. That and also like
0: starting with yourself, starting with yourself is not a bad place to start at all. Um, So when you sit outside and you're just like, oh, I should go inside because I'm going to get too dark. Sis, enjoy the sun, but
1: make sure you put on sunscreen. That's another thing. I again just realized that sunscreen is so important um, and i didn't even know even the sunscreen industry was a racist itself like yep. some sunscreens leave such a white cast that i end up looking like you know that one picture of mark zuckerberg like <laughs> in the water <laughs> with like sunscreen on his face that's how some sunscreens literally make me look like and i had to do so much research to find like black girl friendly sunscreen i didn't know that was an issue like even people actually have to go out and research sunscreen that would work with their skin tone like why is that a thing Mm -hmm. i was just shocked that i had to go through so many hurdles just to find and literally there's only one that I could find in the local drugstore near my house that actually went on clear I was just shocked like this is me just realizing things you know how, <laughs> that one when uh, Kylie Jenner is like yeah 2016 was the year of realizing things I've been realizing things for the last like five years <laughs>
2: <laughs> no but for real I think a lot of the times what happens is people assume that if you yourself are not colored, then it's not your problem. But this is actually more of your problem than it is ours because you're the ones who kind of, even if it's not you directly, but it's your ancestors and it's the media that is on your side. It's the society that is on your side that further perpetuates this standard of beauty or this idea that color is not as acceptable as like, white color basically. Like um it.
1: and I Sorry, think I keep interrupting you. No 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 worries. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. <laughs> I,
2: I, I forgot what I was going to say faith. Okay, I'll come
1: back to it. <laughs> but I think like as you said uh, Randa that am I saying your name correctly I do not want to just end up saying yeah. <laughs> that um it starts with yourself. Like I think transitioning from the idea that oh I'm getting too dark in the sun so like transitioning to I want my skin to be healthy, mm-hmm. that is like a really good like place to start because I used to suffer from like hyperpigmentation, like my face would be like so many different colors at the same time. And I thought it was because I was going out in the sun too much. But turns out it's because hyperpigmentation is normal. Like you're a Black woman, when you have melanin, obviously hyperpigmentation mm-hmm. is something you might suffer from. And it took me a while to find the right products and it helped ease the hyperpigmentation on my face but because I went out of my way to go get educated on hyperpigmentation that's how I knew that the sun wasn't even playing a huge factor in my hyperpigmentation case and I think it's um, a good place to start with yourself because I'm here sharing my tips on how I got my hyperpigmentation to like ease down and I think that's a really good like point that you mentioned just wanted to mention that
2: yeah and I I just wanted to add that when you hear about something that i remember when i first posted about colorism i had always had conversations about it but i never like thought it was something i needed to post on my instagram or something but i saw a really informative post just kind of outlining the difference between racism and colorism and i posted it on my instagram story a couple months back and a couple of the messages i got were really really surprising for me because it was white friends of mine who had never even heard of colorism and they thought it was something that I was making up and they were like oh this is like you know this is like something that you're just kind of making up right now and saying that it happened I'm like no first of all in those situations if you come across something that you haven't heard of before or you don't know how it actually is seen in society like Ilhan said before and like Randa said look it up google is free there are so many scholars who have done research on this, there are articles, there are opinion pieces, there are blogs, there are so many things accessible to you. I don't, I think often what we do is, I do this too, is if I think of something I will right away go to my friend who has experience with this or I think might have experience with something and go kind of like put the onus on them to educate me and that's not okay. And again it's something that we need to start from ourselves. First do your own research, get your own understanding. And then, of course, if you have questions, no one is going to turn you away.
1: Hopefully. (laughs) And I also think when it comes to so many issues, like, obviously, it's really hard to be educated on every single issue. But it takes a lot of critical thinking to really break down a lot of the opinions that people have about certain things. Like, if I hear something that someone tells me, my brain literally kicks into let's fact check that, where they get that information from, how did they form these opinions, it's like, I don't just observe or consume ideas from other people, especially because, like, the age of, like, Twitter, people are just, like, there's, like, an information overload, and I feel like there are so many issues that are going on at the same time, and, like, um, because of, as I said, like the Black Lives Matter movement and a lot of the different issues that are happening, a lot of performative activism has arised from like corporations and people just spilling their opinions um, that are not always fact. And I think that when you see like different issues or different or consume different medias, it's important for you to critical think. Like people don't critical think. And I think that's something you kind of grow accustomed to. Like my 2016, 2015 self on the internet for us now, there's like a huge shift. And I think that Googling and watching different information like informational videos on the internet really helps. And I think people underestimate the internet thinking that there's so much fake news but there's um quite a lot uh, out there and people should really normalize i guess googling as you said before
0: yeah no 100 percent. i was scrolling through twitter earlier today and it was just like in i think it was talking about polio outbreaks um in like regions in africa and the person who made the tweet i was just like okay this seems legitimate and they put in an article but then you go and you see the person's profile and you find out they're a Trump supporter and everything and then you go and you read the article they post it and you're just like
1: this is why you need to fact check <laughs> but, also yeah. I think um a lot of the things that we see on the internet can be so misleading mm-hmm. like sometimes I'll see a really informative like headline and I open it and I read the article and I'm like I could have gone my whole life without reading this yeah. it's just like again, we live in a world where information is just readily available, but it's not good information all the time, which is quite unfortunate. So on today's episode, we talked
0: all things colorism. We talked about the makeup industry, um, how it perpetuates colorism. We talked about our own experiences, how we deal with it, and you know, steps forward in trying to eliminate colorism. It's a tough task but hopefully one day we see a day where it doesn't exist um thank you so much ilhan for joining us today um you were spitting facts like i said earlier (laughs) and yeah i hope you guys enjoyed this episode and we'll see you on the next one bye bye did i
2: do that right yes you did